the book of Exodus in chapter 18. Last night I was looking at some advertisements. They were advertisements that were um, in, the pub, in the public arena in the 1940s or 1950s, and there were two of them. One was um, a, an advertisement for DDT. Who here doesn't know what DDT is? D DDT is a chemical that was manufactured and uh, uh, it not not particularly poisonous um, in small quantities, but it has the the ability to be stored in the fatty parts of our bodies or animals' bodies, and it builds up and builds up and then makes people very sick. Anyway, it was DDT was discovered uh, during the the Second World War, I believe, and it was uh, great for for um, um, killing insects and so on. So this advertisement that I saw um, was obviously set in the 1940s or 50s, a, a lovely, chubby, healthy baby beaming and uh, saying, DDT, it kills all the flies and protects babies. And there was a, a review under it. Oh, yes, it, um, uh, it lasts, it stays on the curtains and on the bedding for weeks and kills all the pests. I mean, what a dreadful, dreadful advice to to divide DDT and sprinkle it around your children. I mean, anyway, terrible. There was another one that I saw. This involved a very pregnant lady, you know, profile pregnant lady, and she was smoking a cigarette, and um, there was it was a, a name of the cigarette was Nicker something, you know, nicotine, Nicker something for every expectant mother to calm her nerves. Oh, I, I couldn't even believe that what I was reading. I mean, what dreadful advice. What, uh, yeah, what dreadful advice. So are you in the book of uh, Exodus, chapter 18? Well, I want to talk about getting good advice. We don't want advice like that, that's for sure. I want to talk about getting good advice. And so in chapter 18 here, we're reading of Moses, we're reading of, of uh, Moses and his father-in-law, whose name is Jethro, <clears throat> and verse 13. And my time is starting now. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood by Moses from the morning to the evening. <clears throat> And when Moses' father-in-law saw that all that he did to the people, he said, What is this thing that you do to the people? Why sit you yourself alone, and all the people stand by you from morning to evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a matter, they come to me, and I judge between one and another, and I do make them know the statutes of God and his laws. And Moses father-in-law said to him that thing that you do is not good or the thing that you do is not good you will surely wear away both you and this people that is with you for this thing is too heavy for you you are not able to perform it yourself alone uh, hearken now to my voice and i'll give you counsel or i'll give you some advice he's saying and god shall be with you be you for the people to godward that you may bring the causes to God. 
and you shall teach them ordinances and laws and shall show them the way wherein they must walk and the work that they must do. Moreover, you shall provide out of all the people able men such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness and place such over them to be rulers of thousands and rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties and rulers of tens. And let them judge the people at all seasons, and it shall be that every great matter they shall bring to you, but every small matter they shall judge. So shall it be easier for, for yourself, and they shall bear the burden with you. If you do this thing, and God commend, command you so, then you shall be able to endure, and all this people shall also go to their place in peace. So Moses hearkened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. And Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them heads over all the people, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties and rulers of tens, and they judged the people at all seasons. The hard courses they brought to Moses, but every small matter, they judged themselves. And so decisions, decisions that you make, decisions that I make, are we going to make them on good or bad advice. Now, we've probably all made bad decisions and we can't necessarily blame it on somebody's bad advice. We've just, a thought comes into our heads, you know, spontaneously. We're impulsive, perhaps, to one extent or another. I mean, oh, that's a good idea. I'll do that. And uh, it all flies back in your face. I mean, particularly when you're young. Gosh, I learned the hard way. Time and oh, I don't know that I actually learned, but uh, <laughs> I I made lots of mistakes and I did learn from them. Um, but anyway, let's stick to what we're reading here. It is noticeable, noticeable that J Jethro referred Moses to God, didn't he? This was his. He gave me advice, but he said, "Well, just check with God." And Moses saw that he did, in fact, need God's blessing on the advice that he gave. Moses saw the wisdom in the counsel or the advice that Jeff, Jethro actually was, was giving. I mean, there are people today, of course, looking for good advice. They're looking for wise advice, and, and it's, we appreciate people that can give wise advice, don't we? I mean, none of us know everything. Well, there might be a few people that know everything, but I'm not one of them. Um, and uh, we, so we ask. We ask a tradesman this or a specialist that and that sort of thing, and, and we appreciate wise advice. We, we make judgments ourselves as we come across people, don't we? We make judgments on their apparent wisdom or their apparent lack of wisdom as well. But it seems that Jethro gave Moses, and Moses followed it, good advice. Now let's have a look at a, some bad advice or some different advice in Second Chronicles chapter 10, please. Now you may well be familiar with these scriptures. I hope you are. The more we familiarize ourselves with what God's word says, the more likely we are going to be armed with good advice. Now, Second Chronicles in chapter 10, this was after King Solomon died. There was Saul, first king of Israel. Then there was David and David's son Solomon. 
uh, became king. He died. And um, we read here that uh, Rehoboam, one of Solomon's sons, became king. And in verse 1, And Rehoboam went to Shechem, for to Shechem were all Israel come to make him king. And it came to pass that when Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who was in Egypt, where he had fled from the presence of Solomon, the king, heard it that Jeroboam, Jeroboam returned out of Egypt, and they sent and called him. So Jeroboam and all Israel came and spoke to Rehoboam, saying, Your father made our yoke grievous. Now therefore ease you somewhat the grievous servitude of your father and his heavy yoke that he put upon us, and we will serve you. And he said to them, Come again to me after three days. And the people departed, and King Rehoboam took counsel with the old men, that had stood before Solomon, his father, while he yet lived, saying, What counsel give you me to return answer to this people? And they spoke to him, saying, If you be kind to this people and please them and speak good words to them, they will be your servants forever. But he forsook the counsel which the old men gave him and took counsel with the young men that were brought up with him that stood before him and he said to them what advice to give you that we may return answer to this people which have spoken to me saying ease somewhat the yoke that your father did put upon us and the young men that were brought up with him spoke to him saying thus shall you answer the people that spoke to you saying your father made our yoke heavy but make you uh, but make you it somewhat lighter for us you shall Thus shall you say to them, My little finger shall be thicker than my father's loins. For whereas my father put a heavy yoke upon you, I'll put more to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, and I will chastise you with scorpions. Wow, what a, it's a lovely way to get on with people, isn't it? <laughs> That's a, a great way to get a little bit of cooperation. My word. This, this actually, it's around this time, this actually resulted in the division of the nation of Israel, the 12 tribes. Ten tribes went, said, oh, and blow, blow you for a joke. We're going to go with Jeroboam and they went up to Samaria. That'll be the capital. And two or three tribes, they stayed with Rehoboam and stayed around Jerusalem. Anyway, be that as it might. That's what happened. But you see the advice, but it's, but it's noticeable, unlike Jethro, unlike Moses' situation, neither the young men nor the old men mentioned God whatsoever. There was no godly advice given. They didn't acknowledge God. But it was Jethro that said to Moses, Moses, you just check with God first. You get God's advice. Many people give advice on different topics. And maybe it's good sound advice. I appreciate being given advice. I, that's good. I, I appreciate being, being, being made to feel confident by what I'm told and being able to proceed with confidence. But let's face it, no one is able to equal God in his wisdom or his good advice, and all the people said. Go with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 28. And so I'm speaking on <clears throat> getting good advice. We can see, I've just given, given you a couple of examples of advice given. 
One is one lot of advice is is um, make sure it's it's what God endorses. Uh, the other advice that was given was completely without acknowledging God. And in the book of Isaiah, chapter twenty-eight, here, um, and I'm not going to read. I bet you think that I'm going to go to. Um, uh, verses 8 and 9 and 10 and, and 11 and so on, but no, I'm not going to go there. But uh, uh, Isaiah is talking to the Israelite nation long before the Holy Spirit was available. They were meant to be following the law, but he was criticizing them for their idolatrous practices and having left God. And we read in Isaiah chapter 28, in verse 29, this also comes forth from the Lord of hosts, which is wonderful in counsel and excellent in working. Now, he is telling the Israelites what God's word says. And yes, they had run off the, run off the rails. But Isaiah is saying here, not only, this also comes forth from the Lord of hosts, the word, the advice, which is wonderful in counsel, wonderful in advice and excellent in working. He's saying not only is God's advice good, but actually if you and I will put it into practice, it really works. And all the people said, I mean, a simple example uh, that you can think of, training your children in the ways of the Lord, um, uh, getting them used to the fact that you are praying with them, that God is alive, that God works miracles when they're sick, when they've got problems, when they're upset, doing it yourself, um, and rejoicing in the Lord, uh, expecting the Jesus Christ to come back, teaching them these things. It's good advice, and it really works. If we adopt the Bible principles that uh, the Lord has given husbands and wives, our marriages will be blessed. You might say, oh, yeah, but yeah, I know somebody who's not doing very well, or a couple's not doing very well. Well, that may be. But are the Bible principles being adhered to? If we do adhere to the Bible principles, we, the blessing of God is upon us. And all the people said, we're assured of that. We know that it works. Anyway, <clears throat> so Isaiah is saying, God's advice is good, and you'll find that it works. Now let's go up into the New Testament. I've given some examples there to the book of Acts in chapter 5, please. And so we're moving up into the, into the realm of the Holy Spirit now, or when people were filled with the Holy Spirit. So this is well and truly our age. Now, Peter and John here were were being called into account. Peter and John were filled with the Holy Spirit. They had received the Holy Spirit a few years before. On the day of Pentecost, they'd spoken in other tongues. They had been made part of the kingdom of God, and there was a lot of opposition. And we read in chapter 5 and verse 27, And when they had brought them, they set before 
they they set them before the council and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. So here we are, some time after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, therefore some time after the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was seated by this time seated on the uh, on the right hand of the Father, where he is now, we uh, we we believe. And the priests are saying, You just shut up. Stop talking about Jesus Christ. That was their advice. Now you can keep your finger in Acts chapter five, but go to Matthew chapter twenty seven please, and because the the priest was saying, look, unless you be quiet, you're going to bring this man's blood upon us. So in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus Christ was still alive and the Holy Ghost hadn't been poured out, but it was coming. Matthew chapter 27, and um, we do read in... Verse 11, and Jesus stood before the governor, uh, governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said to him, You say. And when he was accused of the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Then said Pilate to him, Hear you not how many things they witness against you? And he answered him never to never a word, insomuch that the governor marveled greatly. Now at that feast the governor was wont to release to the people a prisoner whom they would. And they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, uh, when they were gathered together, Pilate said to them, Whom will you that I release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. You see, Pilate here, he didn't want to decide. He had power, he had authority, but actually he was weak in himself. He allowed the will of the people, in fact, we will see, to overrule. In verse 19, when he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him, saying, Have you nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things in this day in a dream because of him. He was actually, Pilate was given some good advice by his wife. And I have learned over the years to listen. And how many husbands here have learned to listen and they get good advice? Oh, look at you. Yeah, look at you. You're all chickens. Of course you get good advice. Well, Pilate here should have listened. He was aware of people's attitudes. In verse 18, for he knew that for envy they had delivered Jesus Christ. He should have listened to his wife. In verse 20, but the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said to them, whether of the two will you that I release to you? And they said, Barabbas. He was under pressure and he was weak. He wasn't a leader. He wasn't looking to God, nor did he take wise advice. 
In verse 23, And the governor said, Why, what evil has he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. So they saw that he was, you know, he, he was starting to cave in. And when Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See you to it. He allowed injustice to be put upon the one that was just, the Son of God. He allowed it because he followed the ungodly advice. And in verse 25, then answered all the people and said, his blood be upon us and on our children. And so back there in the book of Acts in chapter 5, and you can just flick back over there then, the priests were saying, oh, no, no, come on, stop talking about Jesus Christ. Stop talking about the gospel. Stop talking about what Jesus Christ came to do, what Jesus Christ came to say, how he led the way. He was a leader. He had some good advice. I mean, his advice was, um, uh, was, was, um, uh, with, without, uh, it was with clarity. He said, you've got to be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned, we read. And these miracles will follow in the lives of believers. They'll speak in new tongues. They'll lay hands on the sick and so on and so on. You know this yourselves. And so here we are. Back in Acts chapter 5, be quiet, don't bring this man's blood upon us. And we read in verse 28, saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Well, the blood of Jesus Christ was already upon them. In verse 29, then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. And so Peter and the other apostles were persuaded to follow God's advice and the priests and so on, they were under pressure. They were under pressure to shut down the gospel. I mean, Peter could have said, oh, yeah, it's a bit too hard. I've just done a couple of nights in, in, inside. Oh, I don't like that. They don't give you a blanket there. They only get bread and water. He, he could have said, oh, I might, I might just give it a rest. But he didn't. He continued. He preferred to take God's advice. And we read in verse 30, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Him has God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost whom God has given to them that obey him. You see, the doers of God's advice are actually rewarded. In verse 33, when they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. You see, 
their counsel, their advice. It was motivated by fear. It was motivated by envy. It was motivated by guilt. And in verse 34, then stood there, then stood there up one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, had in reputation among all the people and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space. And he said to them, you men of Israel, take, take heed to yourselves. He's giving advice. What you intend to do is touching these men for before these days the ro- for before these days rose up Thutis, boasting himself to be somebody to whom a number of men about four hundred joined themselves who was slain and all as many as obeyed him were scattered and brought to naught. After this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing and drew away much people after him. He also perished and all even as many obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say to you, refrain from these men and leave them alone, for if this counsel or advice uh, or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest happily you be found even to fight against God. It reminds us, doesn't it, a little bit of the way Jethro was speaking to Moses. Well, here's my advice. But you just check with God. Just check with God. Is that his advice? Is that what he wants you to do? Is that what he's going to bless in your life? Look, we're, here we are in 2022, and the advice of God is just as pertinent, just as relevant today as it was in those days. If we take God's advice, we're going to be successful. What? Successful in what, you might say? In our walk in the Lord. We're going to be successful in continuing in the faith until Jesus Christ comes back. But the the trouble is, is this humanity that we are zipped up inside. The natural mind, it works against the advice of God. The natural mind says, no, why should I? No, you can't talk to me like that. Um, and or, or the natural mind is just uh, full of worldly wisdom, worldly opinions, philosophies, and things that seem right. But it may not be God's advice. And if it's not God's advice, you're not going to get the blessing of God upon it. Now, um, <clears throat> Gamaliel is saying here, stop you guys. Think about what you're doing. Where is it going to lead? Because all decisions that we make have consequences. In our walk in the Lord, we need to be considerate of our ways, our desires, our aspirations, our friends, the people that we associate with, We don't want that any be unsaved. We want to go out into this world, of course, to talk to unspirit-filled people to help them get into the kingdom of God. But don't let, (coughs) excuse me, don't let their conversation, the attractions of this world, pull you away from what God's advice is. Are we all taking God's advice? Are we listening to his word? 
At times, people don't, and you know as well as I, that some people will fall by the wayside. Particularly people sometimes don't, spirit-filled people don't, take God's advice um, at times, particularly when they're upset. I've had a couple of occasions this week in speaking with people that have been upset. That's all right. We all get upset. We're only, only human. There's nothing wrong with getting upset. But when, when you're upset, when you're angry, when you're frustrated, perhaps when you're miserable, when you're just, you feel broken or something like that, you can decide on a course of action, and people do decide on courses of action, that is actually detrimental to their walk in the Lord. Um, I also find, well, we know that the Bible is, is the book of God's salvation for mankind. It's also got good instruction, good advice on how to keep the salvation and how to lose it. By the way, Gamaliel, he didn't stop the persecution. The persecution, the challenging, the opposition to God's word has continued up until today. It's still, it is most prevalent today. It's the God's advice is opposed time and time and time again. And the advice of his anointed people is opposed. Paul, the apostle, studied at the feet of Gamaliel, but he actually, along the way, he got filled with the Holy Spirit and he left Gamaliel behind. You know, I do find that sometimes when, when, when people have their different situations and if they tell me about them, I do find that there is a, a lack of understanding or a lack of knowledge of what God's word actually says. I mean, I can't walk your walk in the Lord for you. You can't do it for me. And none of us know everything in the Bible, do we? But we know how to get saved, and we are told, well, how to stay saved. But actually, it has to be said, from time to time, some spirit-filled people make decisions or do things that indicate they don't actually want to or they're not aware of God's advice. Uh, I'd better finish because I'm just about up to half an hour. Let's have a look in the book of James chapter 1, please. Um, well, well, by the way, you are probably familiar with what Paul says in 1 Corinthians um I think in, in chapter 3, he, he mentions that God has made foolish the wisdom of men. God in his wisdom uses you and I, the spirit-filled people, to preach the gospel. Many people don't like it, do they? People challenge God's word, his advice, his wisdom all the time. Now, you're in James in chapter 1, and we read here in verse 5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraids not, and it shall be given him. I, I dare say that we all, from time to time, lack wisdom. At times, we, we lack knowledge of what God's will says on a matter, or we forget it, or we ignore it. 
as I mentioned, none of us know it all. We might tend to forget it or ignore it, especially if we're feeling under pressure. But go to the Lord and ask the advice. Go to his word and get the advice. Learn from God what's the right attitude to have to my husband, to my wife, to my children, to my parents, to to my unsaved friends and relations. Find out what the right attitude is. Take God's advice. And if we don't take God's advice, then we've only got ourselves to blame when things go wrong. So research the Bible. I mean, you know, I said before, some people know everything. Well, Pastor Tim, he knows a lot. He might not know everything, but he knows a lot. Go and ask him. He knows what the Bible says. You can come and ask me if you dare. I don't mean I'm snappy, you know. You might you might get a better answer from Pastor Tim. Read the Bible yourself. I, I remember 14 or 15 years ago, um, <clears throat> somebody was critical of me. It's hard to imagine, I know, but they were. Um, somebody was critical of of me giving a talk, and they and they said, "Oh, well, Simon, I haven't been fed for years." I said, "Haven't you? You got a Bible, haven't you?" What do you mean you haven't been fed for years? I mean, the, 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 the insinuation was very clear. The insult was very clear. You're not good enough. I knew that. But don't worry, I don't take these things personally. You're not good enough. Well, okay. All the food, all the advice on getting into the kingdom of God is here in God's word. I just happen to be reading from it at the moment. And no doubt tomorrow at home, at some stage, you'll be reading from it as well, getting the advice before you embark on a path that may or may not be to your detriment spiritually. Some people take work, a second job or a third job, and they just go away from fellowship. Fellowship is important. We've got to get fed. The Word of God. Some people, uh, unfortunately, don't allow, don't, don't learn to control their tempers. Unfortunately. And, and they, they're angry about things. They, they get sidetracked with things. They get sidetracked with red herrings. There are a number of red herrings in our society at the moment. What is important, what God says, is follow me. God says, follow me. There's a wonderful scripture in the book of John chapter 21, and I'm not going to read it to you because I've gone over time. But in John chapter 21, when um, we read about how Peter, uh, the Lord told Peter how he was going to end up dying. And well, what about, what about the other disciple, the one that you love? And he said, Jesus replied to him and said, follow me. Well, what's going to happen to him? Is he going to die that way, the same way as me? He said, what is it to you? What happens to him? You follow me. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to learn to take God's advice. It's in his word. If you don't know where it is, if you don't, if you want to ask some questions, then come and ask, please. Of course, come and ask. Let's be all on the same page. 
shall we? Let's all be looking to the Lord. Let's all be, in, especially in these troubled times, in these troubled, in this troubled world, let's be encouraging one another. Let's be looking to the Lord. Let's be offering to pray for one another. Let's not be um, timid. Let's not give up and throw the towel in and say, oh, well, it hasn't worked. Uh, what the heck? I'll throw it all to the wind. Don't be like that. The Lord is coming back and he's got a wonderful future for us if we continue to follow his advice. And all the people said. 